Asian hate, it's real, it's happening now, and we thought it was important to dive into it. Welcome to Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks. I'm Gloria Harrison, a TV producer living in New York. And I'm Carrie Clifford, an actor and writer living in Los Angeles. We first met in elementary school outside Boston. When I was part of a program that bus kids from the inner city to school in the suburbs. We're going to talk about privilege and disadvantage. And about what it's like to move from one world to another without really feeling at home in either. In this podcast, we're having conversations about race. And the awkwardness that comes with learning about people from another culture. We've been wanting to do an episode on Asian hate, and we are really excited for you guys to listen to this. We've got some great guests and a lot of people adding comments throughout the episode. So welcome to our special guests, my longtime friends, Paven and Susan Lee. I am so honored to have you guys in the Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks house. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming. Yes, yes, we so appreciate it. And and we want you to do what we just did just now. Laugh when we feel like laughing. When there are serious moments, we're going to go there. I just want to tell you that I am so honored because I've been friends with you guys for over a decade. And we're not going to age ourselves. Nobody needs to know how I am. But we've been friends for a long time. And what I feel so proud about is that you've always been supportive of me just as a person. Mm-hmm. We're supportive as uh, of each other as individuals. And that, yes, hello, I'm Black American. And when the whole issue has been going on forever, Black Lives Matter, or at least the heighten of it, um, over the last year, you guys have reached out and said, hey, I stand with you. And you also stand with us and you're supportive of our podcast. We appreciate that. So it's only now natural that I want to bring in somebody and say to you guys also, when it comes to Asian hate and everything that's going on, I stand with you. I say, this is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I hurt when you hurt. And I want to say to you that we're tired just like you are. And we really focus on, you know, black and white issues on hard candy and fruit snacks, but our goal is to really open it up to everything. And so that being said, I just want to tell you guys, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, we're happy to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I first want to ask you, uh, Paven, tell me a little bit about your background. I'm 35. uh, I'm first generation (laughs) Chinese. Um, Okay. My parents moved me from super diverse Brooklyn to super white Orange County, New York um, for kindergarten. So my parents speak English, but my grandparents kind of watched me while they went to work. So my first language was Chinese. So they totally screwed me when I had to move. So. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. At least you had the, bo- the best of both, right? And then before we go into more questions, I want to ask you, Susan, um, tell me about your background. Uh, I am white. <laughs> Another white in the house. I am very white. <laughs> I'm right You're there with the you, Susan. Age, a little younger, if I could brag. Um, <laughs> but yes, about the same age. And we've been together for 11 years. Probably. Pre-dating apps, yeah. <laughs> and you're still together. Still, I love it. We made it through quarantine. <laughs> that's that's a huge feat. And have you have you guys ever felt resistance from your family, coworkers, friends, because you are an interracial couple? You know what? Working in television, we, we work with very diverse people. Um, it's funny. I've dated a lot of like different people from all backgrounds. Um, and Susan's family is conservative. And I've dated other girls with conservative families. My, I have conservative friends. I have liberal friends. So yeah, we, I, I, it's weird that we're doing something kind of serious because I am not that serious of a person. But yeah, uh, yeah it's, 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 it's important to talk about this. Yes, totally. And Susan, for you, like we are talking about, just asking about your relationship, have you found that people are accepting of your relationship to Paven or has it taken a while to get there? What are your thoughts on that? So, yes, Um, you know, my family, we've, my siblings have dated other races, you know, everyone's always been welcomed and everything. I would say like in the beginning when we were dating, it was interesting that some of the people close to me were like, oh, you're dating an Asian guy. Like <laughs> it was oh. almost like, surprising that like this white girl is dating an Asian guy, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I have kind of dated other races, um, mostly white, but uh, I've dated and it was never brought up. So I, I wait, was- wait, wait, can I tell you something? I'm going to get in trouble for this, but 
he's not only Asian, he's also hot. And I get in trouble <laughs> with Susan. So you guys can't see him, but I can, but that's an issue. I'm trying to work that through, but you can continue. Well, and it's funny that you said that because that was always the first thing when I would like introduce him to people like I knew, like, uh, wait a minute. He's really muscular. He's not short. Like, well, like, there, there's not a lot of us on TV. So the, the ones on TV, especially in like the 80s, were always like the nerds, the sidekicks and stuff. Right, so, right. I mean, it's, Hollywood's getting a lot better about casting. But yeah, she would get a lot of those comments. Which it like started to, that was the first time I realized that people have these, these notions in their mind that there aren't they don't realize are racist mm-hmm. and they're good people. These are just everyday great normal people. people. Great people. And they'll just, they'll just say something to be funny or. Yeah. You know. But they'll be like, uh, you know, I've never seen an Asian with such big muscles before. Like, I, like things like that. And I, I would like be like, Oh, that's, that's weird to say. <laughs> like, right. Right. And that was the very beginning. Again, this was, you know, over 10 years ago. Um, and I, I grew up in a very diverse place, but it, you know, moving a little bit, you know, we worked in Connecticut, um, and just introducing to people, I was, I was a little surprised, like no matter what their race was, they had something to say about the fact that he was Asian. I was just mm-hmm. sick of explaining that my penis is normal size. To a friend. <laughs> I'm like, I just met you. I don't want to talk about this. Anymore. Right, right. Exactly. But people are worried about the craziest things. Wouldn't you agree? Because my thing is, if you love him and I'm a friend of yours, I should respect right. that mm-hmm. and I should like him and I should learn to love him. Certainly if I'm a family member. And guess what? A lot of people don't get that. Yeah. They don't. They focus on the wrong things. Like, who cares if he's muscular? Mm-hmm, right. If you love him and you like him and you have a family, you guys are married. You either accept it or keep it moving. Right. Right. But but I think you know that's I mean? and that's what I feel like has been happening the last few months is focusing on the wrong things. Right. And I'm sure like I don't know if, if you guys have experienced things directly upon you or what, but there's been so much of this like microaggression. And I think it's, it is focusing on the wrong thing, right? Like countless people that I know have just been told that they've been, you know, someone's yelled at them, like, go back to China. And they're like, I'm not even Chinese, you know, right, or right. whatever. Yeah. Right. Like so ignorant, so ignorant. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that be, yeah, I'm sorry. So, no, so I'm just going to say, if you've experienced any of that, I mean, over your life, but also just focusing on sort of this last year when it's just been heightened, these sort of, you know, lack of knowledge statements that people have been yeah. making. You, you know. know what? It's it's I've always been there's such thing as Asian privilege. We we get treated differently than other minority groups. So when like grocery shopping this past year um, versus any other time in my life, I would get stared at. People would like mm. grill me. People would be in fear. And I have black friends. They explained to me like they would go shopping and they would be stared at. They'd be followed. This has never happened to me before this year. And and all wow. of a sudden, like. It doesn't, it doesn't even, it's not even just like the, the hillbilly. It's, it's like right. liberals were staring at me that way. Conservatives, old ladies, young people, like, especially when COVID first came out, just, they saw these Asian eyes underneath the mask. They were like, uh. Right. And, and guess what? You said just these last couple of years, especially with the pandemic, who do I hold responsible for that? We, we all know that. We all know this on the Zoom call. This man who was our president set us back. What did he call this pandemic? What did he call the flu? Where did he say that it came from? Right. He called it the Chinese virus. Right. Yeah, the China flu, right? So well, absolutely with, disgusting. Yeah, you know what? With the rhetoric, these these fans of his, right, they were never concerned about U.S. Chinese foreign policy, trade agreements. Mm-hmm. They don't care about the politics or the Chinese government. These, these people were already racist. So when they see like the head of our country saying it, all of a sudden, who's unapologetic about it, they're not, they're not going to be apologetic about it either. You know, they're going to double down. And when you yeah. when you hear these things, do you feel like you have to like represent your whole race and sort of stand up or like how do you sort of, you know, when you hear these crazy, insane things, what what does it make you want to do? Yeah, you know what? It's 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 in a weird way. I've I've always felt othered, right? You, people kind of just assumed Asian people are foreign always. Like I was born in New York, and I've been asked all my life, like, where are you from? Right. So in, in a sick way, I've always been like, you know, pessimistic, glass half empty. But um, mm-hmm. just the violence against old ladies, like who's punching old ladies? Like that's that's the most shocking part. That's you know. Growing up, my, my mom would come home shopping. And she'd be like, God called, God called a chink today. I'm like, 
Okay, this sucks. This sucks. Yeah, that's so, awful. So this this is continuing now, but all of a sudden people are like punching out our mothers, which is right. insane. And so when you say about the grocery store, I know exactly what that feels like as a black woman to be looked at when you walk into a grocery store and stared at. And I talked about that in a recent episode. I can't even go and try fruit or accidentally leave with something in my cart because it won't be looked at that as like that. It'll be like I'm stealing. So, I mean, you spoke a little bit about, you know, grandmothers. I want to ask you as for your family in this recent surge, how has the the hate on Asian Americans affected your family directly? Like, is there anything? Can you talk to us about what your parents are going through? Siblings, cousins? Yeah. So my parents actually just came over last weekend, and it's it's a lot of it's kind of it's, it's, when you see your parents, it's supposed to be like good times, but we went down this weird rabbit hole um, where we're just like sharing like all the verbal verbal and physical things that have happened to us. Like my dad was explaining to me, I got called a jap when I was uh, playing soccer as a kid. I don't even remember this. So I must have been like four years old. Right. Now imagine like a four-year-old, like they're not born racist. So right. their parents must have been like, there's a Jap kid on the other team. You know what I mean? These, these parents are, are, um, you know, pushing racism to the next generation. Yeah. Right. That, exactly. Right. That's why I kind of had a beef with the whole, uh, Dr. Seuss thing. And I'm not even like a huge, like cancel everything kind of guy, but I, Susan, and I reread Dr. Seuss to our kid every single day. If, if a toddler has these images, these racial images, ingrained in her head since they're born that's all they know right and they they could be great kids but they're gonna be saying stupid stuff just because things like that and their parents and i i so agree with you right like as children we're innocent right carrie and i we go back so many years and i talk about how we liked each other just for who we are and as we got older i learned that she was different from me she learned that i was different and maybe we had peers saying things or maybe things that we heard in our neighborhood but that affected how we would view each other as we got older and that's a part of the problem Mm -hmm. like we we are not like children, as you said, we're innocent. But what is the rhetoric that's being taught when you're in the car, when someone cuts you off, when you're driving yeah. and there's someone from a different race? What do you hear your parents say? What have I heard? Stuff that's not okay that perpetuates further dividing this country. Susan, I want to talk to you for a second. You and Paven also have a child together. What are your fears when it comes to raising him? Being born, you know, um, Asian American, he's also white, he is diverse. Like, what are your fears as his mom? So what's interesting is even when I was pregnant, like I, I never, I guess I never really thought about the fact that my kid was going to be biracial. Like I just was like, oh, I'm having a baby with Paven. This is so awesome. And <laughs> Paven would be like bringing things up every once in a while, even before we talked about having kids, like we got to make sure our kids are tough. You know, we have to make sure that they have thick skin. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? My kids are going to be little angels. They don't right. be- <laughs> <laughs> like, and then sure enough, we see, you know, the at the time, the president saying, you know, Chinese virus. And I, and I immediately was like, oh, wow, this is like, these are like race war type of things. And my child is Chinese. And like, you, let's just, our kid's going to go to school. He's going to be called the Kung Flu. It's like 100% going to happen. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, I think other maybe white families get the luxury of like raising like a sensitive kid or a nice kid. Or my, my dad, when we moved to the new school district, which was predominantly white, he told me like, if someone calls you chick, you got to slap them in the face. And I'm like shy, introvert. Wow. Kid, you know what I mean? Like I weigh like 30 pounds. I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to go around slapping kids. But like he he always said, like, if anyone bullies you, you got to you got to hit them. You know, that way, if they say it again, they know at least they're going to get a slap to the face. Um, yeah. This is like 1989. Wow. There's like right. one other black kid in this whole school district. So I had to do it. I didn't. And have did, isn't that sad? And did that? you have to do it? Like, did you feel like? Yeah. Kids so didn't say things. So I, I, I got I moved there. One Asian kid and one black kid in the entire school district. We're the only wow. two minorities. So, so I had to do it. And what's funny is these are kids that I ended up being friends later on, like middle school and high school. They, you know, they apologized. Um, they heard maybe their older sisters or older brothers say these kind of things. So right. like half this country is, is, is still kind of working on themselves, even as adults. And half the country is like, no, cancer culture, not, not going to bother doing that. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. It's like when you say that, I heard the same kind of things growing up. If someone calls you the N-word, right. if someone disrespects you, so you hear the kind of conversations we have to have with our children. Mm-hmm. How sad is that? That I'm supposed to hit somebody back, that I'm learning violence, that I'm learning right. that if someone disrespects me, I can't speak back to them and stand up because they're not going to hear that. I have to fight back with my hands. And I'm learning that at six and seven years old. That's sad. And, to and me. Susan's so nonviolent, but we're already like, you know, <laughs> teaching off. Right. Like, but, hey, but, but Carrie, honestly, do you have that conversation? Do you think like you don't have to have that conversation, right? With your son? No. About being violent? No. And, and I mean, of course, like there's so many things. My son is seven and there's so many things like he tells me about kids that are being mean. It doesn't have anything to do with race, you know, yeah. but no. And like, Glory, when you were just saying, we've talked about this before, but like when you were experiencing, when we were in school together and you were experiencing people calling you the N word, people do- doing inappropriate things. And I was not aware you know, and so that that makes me so sad, too. And I'm sure it's the same with you, Paven, that it's like not everyone knew that someone was calling you something. Yeah, a lot you of know? times, like, like I would come home, I wouldn't even share with my parents. Like, yeah, at them, it happened, you know. Well, there's like shame, too, you know, and you're supposed to be there and just like being yeah. in school or whatever. And like, you you know, I don't I think Gloria, same thing, like you're not someone who likes to draw attention to you, you know, but but Gloria got in trouble because of how she reacted when someone called her the N-word instead of the kids who called her the N-word being in trouble, you know? There's actually, there's two instances. It was like elementary school lunch and like kid called me a chink and we got into fight. And I remember like one hall monitor that day made like the kid apologize to me. And another time this happened and the other hall monitor was just like, didn't care. You know what I mean? So that's when I realized as like a little kid, there's two types of grownups out there. Yeah. There's, there's some grown-ups that care and some do absolutely do not. What I can say as a white person is when we are corrected about something, the first thing you do is become defensive, right? Because you don't want to be called a racist or you don't want to be, you know, put down that way. So you automatically become defensive instead of listening to that person and being like, listen, no, 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 totally fine. Here's why that's not good to say. This is why this is hurtful. This is why this can cause, you know, something really terrible to happen. And when you take that moment and you educate that person and that person is willing to be like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for enlightening me. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that I'm really clinging to. I've had, you know, a close friend text me recently and just be like, listen, I, I want to be honest with you. I know we are best friends. They were very close. I have no experience of what you're going through with a child that's Asian and a husband that is, you know, with the Asian hate that's going on, but I'm here for you. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. It's, it's moments like that, that I'm just like, and my siblings too, like they've really like woken up to all this and now they're checking in and they've been so respectful about everything and just admitting, I don't know. I don't know what it is you're going through. I don't know how to help. Tell me what to do. Right. And we need more of that. Yeah. Let me ask you, having said that, what's your tolerance level for people that don't want to be woke, that people that make still insensitive comments about your husband or about towards Asian people in general, what's your tolerance level on that? So I think before I had a child, I would have been a little harder to it. I just would have been like, whatever, you're stupid. <laughs> like, right, right. And right, keep, right. keep it moving, right? But now I have this child that I have to protect, And I want to make sure that only people that deserve to be in his life and are going to uplift him and again, make him proud of everything he is, then you are gifted the right to be a part of his life and to watch him grow. Yeah. Yes. I love that. White privilege doesn't mean that you didn't have a hard life, that you didn't have struggles, that you didn't have to work for everything you had. It just means that it wasn't made more difficult by the color of your skin. Yeah. So we're raising awareness Mm -hmm. to that. Right. Right. So please just listen to what I'm saying and what my son is going to go through. He is the next generation. We are now setting the tone for an entire new generation. And as much as we want to make fun of cancel culture and, and these young kids and, and all the craziness they do. But from what I can tell is they're truly the generation that is wanting equality, wanting Mm -hmm. everyone proud of who they are, wanting everyone to be treated equally. And that's what I'm seeing in Gen Z. And I'm just like, wow, 
get it, go for it, do it. You know, totally. my kid's going to benefit from that. <laughs> Exactly. And you know what's happening? The the protests, all of this that's been happening over the last year and a half, it's inspiring corporations. They don't have a choice. Get on the bandwagon, you know what I mean? Or or move on because people are tired. And I absolutely love it. And you know what? It feels so nice when you see the protests. It's not just black people. Yeah. It's not just white. Yeah. It's Asian. It's Native American. It's everything in between. And that makes me feel good. It's like, guess what, guys? You don't want to be on the part of making the next generation a better place for us all. Then move and get out the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And wh- get out the way. What do you guys think will come from the Stop H- Asian Hate movement? Like, do you do you foresee there being hopefully positive change? But have you thought about that? What it's going to evolve think- into? Just the fact that people bring awareness to it, like your listeners, um, if we each like correct our friends and family, we're never going to change like the true race. I'm never going to be in the comments on Facebook, like arguing with strangers. I'm never going to change their minds. But like I, I brought up this analogy to Susan the other day, like every every straight kid playing sports in the early 90s called each other gay. Right. And yep. that's just something yep. that's I would yep. never do now. Right. right. We um, we would. I have gay friends now. Like that's totally unacceptable. Like we're moving away from that. Like um, the word retard, right? People are like, Hey, yeah. stop saying that word mm-hmm. now, less and less people are saying that word. So I think if we bring awareness to this, this type of behavior towards Asian people, I do see it getting better. Yeah. Gloria, you and I have talked about this. If you're seeing something happen, if you're seeing somebody be attacked, don't just keep walking. Don't just film it with your phone. Get involved. You know, mm-hmm. if you're like you were saying, if a black man is with a police officer, stand around them. Know that they're. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And mm-hmm. wait until it's complete. If you see somebody attacking an elderly Asian woman, what do you mean you're watching through the window? Like, and closing the damn door. Yeah. See something, say something. Yeah. Right. The New York model. That's what we're about. Yeah. Carrie's about that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> And honestly, I, I want to tell you something really quickly. I read something on someone's Instagram who I follow yesterday, and I'm going to leave you guys with this, okay? And when I'm reading it, I want you to apply it to Asian hate. I want you to apply it to anybody that's being treated unfairly. It said, dear all people, if you see a cop talking to any African-American person, I know you better stop walking. You better stay right there till that cop gets back in their car and drives away. Let them know we are watching them. And they are not alone. This is the least we can do. And I say, if you see an African-American being arrested, if you see an Asian woman being hit, right. if you see someone get pushed on the train tracks, if you see a boy walking down the street just the other day, 13 years old, the cop is chasing him and shoots him dead. Say something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we're all tired. Time to change. Yep. I'm ready, guys. <laughs> I'm ready too. Let's get it. <laughs> and and pa- and Paven really wants to get the word out that all Asian penises are not small. <laughs> At least we get adequate. it. <laughs> it works, guys. Paven, why'd you have to go there? And Carrie, you know, she likes this kind of stuff. I'm like sweating right now. Like it's just a lot. If we get to a certain number, we get to a certain number of subscribers. I'll show you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we were just talking to Paven and Susan Lee, and we thank them so much for their time. Um, now, I want you to take a listen to some of the comments we, see, we received from some of our Asian friends and listeners. Stop Asian hate. Being Asian American right now is about redefining our identity, redefining the meaning of strength and success, and speaking out together so that we can show our children that they deserve better. As a youth, I was a victim of Asian hate crimes as I was repeatedly bullied and threatened by a gang of local skinheads, even to the point of which I was held at knife point. I was just home for the Easter holiday visiting my parents. And on my last day, my mother kindly offered to give me some of her sunglasses. Thrilled with the offer because they're pretty awesome. She's very chic, stylish. And beautiful. But when she suggested by wearing sunglasses along with a mask that might keep me safer while walking in the city that I live and work in, New York, she wanted me to hide my identity so that I would not be a target of Asian hate. And that broke my heart. And my mother's not wrong. (laughs) I do wear my sunglasses even when the sun has set 
just to hide my identity. I've been hearing this a lot from my friends, from my aunts and uncles and cousins. They are afraid. They don't want to go to the park. They want to be in groups. They're scared of violence and getting yelled at. And it's just really tough. It's been a tough year already. And to see them struggle and, you know, they're just trying to do their jobs. They're restaurant workers. They're nurses. They're actually out there in the world. I get the privilege of just being in my apartment and working from home. They have to actually interact with people and, and, and risk getting the brunt of racism. So it's really difficult. I've been protesting in my hometown with a sign saying, stop Asian hate. I am literally terrified for the life of my mother. She does not deserve to be knocked on the ground and possibly killed for no reason. Stop Asian hate. Okay, we are so lucky to have Eileen Fogarty um, in the Hard Candy Fruit Snacks house. And Eileen is an actor. She's been in like a million commercials, a ton of TV shows, including Better Call Saul, F is for Family, Perry Mason, Modern Family. I mean, I I can't take a 10-minute intro, Eileen, so we can't do all (laughs) of your you make me sound better than I really think I (laughs) am. No. And and also, I have to say that Eileen was instrumental in convincing us to do this podcast. She was like the person who kind of like pushed us over the edge to like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to start having these uncomfortable conversations. Wait, wait, wait. Correction. She had to push Carrie. (laughs) Thank you, Eileen. (laughs) Carrie had to get... Eileen had to get Carrie to realize that her voice was just as important. And I just want to thank you, Eileen, because we were going back and forth. And it wasn't until I chatted with you and your husband that I said, aha, we've Mm -hmm. arrived at what the issue was. You helped us. We did some uh, couple of counseling with you guys. (laughs) You guys actually counseled us. You Uh didn't realize you were doing it, but I just want to tell you thank you. But really what you did is you helped jumpstart uh, this, where we're at now, hard yeah. candy and fruit snacks. Totally. So thank you so much for that. Oh my gosh, so much fun. <laughs> well, also, it's so important to have such honest conversations and to ask each other very hard questions. Yeah. So, um, and I love the two perspectives, you know? Well, yeah. And, and now we're having a third with you because we just have, with everything, with yeah. Stop Asian Hate and all of these like microaggressions, macroaggressions, all this stuff, we're like, we have got to do an episode about this. And it's hard. It's hard to talk about. Yeah. It's you and I, Eileen, are used to like laughing and having fun and a it's lot. not fun <laughs> and it's not funny, but it's like, it's not going to get better if we don't talk about it. It, you know, so we're so grateful that you agreed to come on and yeah. I, know. I, I mean, a... I will admit I was nervous only because I'm still processing everything. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. at the same time, I think it's the perfectionist in me. I was like, listen, I will always be processing this. Yes. So exactly. So I just so that. Yeah. And it's ongoing. It's, it's like it's ongoing. not we're not reflecting on something. It's like we're in the midst of it, yeah. you know, so that's also hard, too, because it can't be like, what did you think about this thing that ended? You know, yeah, right. So, so that being said, let me. I, my first question okay. is, so everyone knows, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, your background. Uh, okay, so um, my dad's uh, Irish American, my mom's Vietnamese, and I was born in Vietnam, but raised in Singapore and uh, Southern California. So I've been back mm-hmm. and forth this like throughout my childhood, and I went to college here. Then I went back to Asia to work for a little bit, and then I finally, as like a news producer, and then. I finally took the leap and became a full-time actress and I went to New York to study and then I came here to LA. Um, So my experience is a little different from, or I think a lot different from Asian Americans who've been like raised here all their lives Um, because, Mm -hmm. because I lived in Asia during my formative years, the race, there isn't, I mean, everyone's Asian. So, so, you know, I didn't have what a lot of my friends had here which was like bullying in school. I didn't have mm-hmm. that, you know. And when I went to school here, like in grammar school, I went in San Diego. 
the school I went to was so progressive. Like they introduced oh, wow. us. They they had us bring food from our culture.、Um, oh, we had、okay. another girl from India who was there, and they were like, "Oh, bring bread or whatever dish your family makes at home." So we had a lot of that, and we had an African American, two African American kids who were adopted, and and they stood up and they spoke about their experience. So and that was in elementary school. So yeah, that was very progressive. And then when I Went back to Singapore when I was like nine to sixteen, and I came here for high school in Irvine. I mean, my school was like half Asian anyway, so I didn't really have the weird bullying or anything like that until maybe I had like a lot of microaggressions in college. Because、um, right. right. I went to a so tell me yeah. I was like, go ahead. No, I went to a really white college. <laughs> yeah, so I want to hear about some of those microaggressions. Like, what do you remember? Tell us a little bit about.、That. Well, things like konichiwa, and I'm like, I'm not Japanese, right?、Um, mm-hmm. You know, or all、Rude. Asians kind of look the same, kind of thing. Like, we all look the same, or or not even socializing with with Asians at school.、Um, and I have a friend who、um, she's. She's on a TV show now, and she's Hawaiian. And we went to school together, and we were laughing about like how we were so not in in college. I was like, "Do you remember?、Mm-hmm. Like, no one would just even give us the time of day. Like,、oh. all the the white kids just wouldn't give us the time of day. So we would hang out with the African American kids, and we would. Yeah, yes, that's right. Because we're like our people, and like you know what I mean. And we hang out like you know with the Hawaiians, you know the the Persians、yes. or whatever. Because I was like. No, like we just even register, you know. I、yeah. remember my roommate was white, and like she was almost embarrassed that I was eating ramen, you know, like、oh, stuff、gosh. like that. Like、oh, it was just it was bizarre, and I felt like oh, unconsciously I felt I had to acclimate real quick and just to、yeah. be like okay, well I'm going to be white now for a while, you know. Or and I saw it as being American, but mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then I had a friend who's adopted. Um, but she's Vietnamese, but she's adopted by German parents. And I remember I became her first Asian friend,、Aww. and then I taught her how to be Asian. You know what I mean?、Right. So, so it was one of those things where I could see her being like, "I don't know anything Asian." I'm like, "Let me teach you." But, right, right. But at school, it wasn't super safe to be super Asian. You know. Yeah. So,、right. um, and, and you know what's sad about microaggressions? They're still happening right yeah, now. Yeah. And people don't realize that they're doing no. it. No. It's like. You know, so I hope people listen and say, "Listen, when you make a comment like that, just stop for a second and、yeah. think how that might make somebody else feel. Yeah, like what? Would you, how would you feel if someone were asking you something always based on the way you look? Yeah, or the way they think you grew up and, and about your past? Yeah, you know, Gloria, I think that's exactly what I've been like. Underneath all of this is empathy. It's like、mm-hmm. put yourself in someone else's shoes. You know, it's like how come I can distinguish between white people like cultures? I can distinguish between a German, an American, you know, an Irishman. I can distinguish all that, but you can't distinguish between like a Japanese, you know, person, a, a Vietnamese person, a Chinese person. Even if you're confused, ask. Like, well, that's what I was just gonna say because I don't know that I can, but I wouldn't. I would ask before, like assuming something,、yeah. you know, or like because I even have a Korean friend who says that she sometimes ha- has a hard time. You know, it depends on the person because、yeah. obviously not all Koreans look alike,、yes. not all Japanese look alike, or whatever, you know. But I, I think that's the thing: being willing to learn, or willing to fail, or willing to be educated about it. But just、yes. people who, because I've heard so many people just about like I, I think a very common microaggression during this last year has been people like rolling down the car window and yelling like "Go back to Korea!" And I've had so many people be like, "I'm not even Korean, so if you're gonna be racist, <laughs>、yeah. like at least know get that it together. you know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally." But have you experienced things like that in this last year, just with? You know the I, crazy rhetoric about like the China flu and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I haven't only because、um, I think I live in my bubble. You know, <laughs> I was just gonna、mm-hmm. say because you stay in your house. Yeah, I stay in my house. <laughs> You're smart, <laughs>、yeah. and, and I and I go to the store, you know,、uh, yeah. and all that stuff. But I think、um, I would say like there have been microaggressions.、Uh, I think my friends have experienced it where they don't live in the bubble. You know, like、yeah. my friend.、Mm-hmm. Was at Home Depot. She's up. She lives up north,、um, and in San Mateo, she was she was at Home Depot, and this white man just started yelling at her, saying,、oh, "Go back to China." And she and it was kind of funny because we laughed about it because she was like, "Who's he talking to?" And she was, yeah, she was like, 
Because she's Vietnamese, but she's like turned around, you know, like who's she? Who's he talking to? And then he right. like wouldn't leave like her her like eyesight in the direction of her eyes, and she goes, "Oh, you're talking to me." Right. And then, you know, crazy she, guy. Crazy, and she's so compassionate, and yeah. she's a therapist that she looked at him and she's like, "You're not well." And she walked oh, away, right. you know, because she was like, good for was, her. He was crazy. You know, he, yeah, had, he, yeah. She, he, she was like, he wasn't mentally well. So she was able what to have, walk away. What about your mom? Just because we've heard so many stories about like, especially older Asian women and older Asian yeah. men, you know, being victims of violence and just like insane things in the last few months. Like has your mom or any of her friends experienced anything like that or maybe not to that extreme but they haven't and let me say this like it was so sad the day I had to call her and say can you please not leave your house alone you know what I mean and like I was like oh can you can you just like go to the store that's because she was like she doesn't like to be housebound so she's like I have to go to the store I have to go to the store and (laughs) I was like okay go to the store but please like don't go alone and she's like She's like, it's just downstairs and it's okay to all Vietnamese people. No one do anything to Vietnamese people, you know? Right. So I was like, okay, you know, and where she lives, it's, it's mostly Vietnamese people or other Asians um, right. or other immigrants. So there's not really a problem there. So I feel safe for her, but it's sad. It's sad that like, I have to. That you had to make that call. That you had, had to, to say, like, it's not safe. Be, it's not. It, it's 2021, and it's not safe for you to go and outside. It breaks my heart also to hear that. It's like, this is just unacceptable. Yeah. yeah. That you would have to call your mom. Yes. And, right, she's, you know, you're watching the news. I'm watching it. Carrie's watching it. And we want, obviously, yes. to protect our parents. And she's saying, I'm just going downstairs. Like, don't worry about yeah. it. She shouldn't have to worry yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. It's true. It's, and, and I think the thing is I'm working on is there are many shouldn'ts. You know what I mean? But the problem is, the reality is. It's here. It <laughs> is. Yeah. The like, like we learned the other day, here. it is, it's happening. And this is an issue. That's right. I'm in New York and yes. the, woman, the woman is in front of the, yes. the, the building and the guy closed yes. the door. That's when I say I cry about yes. uh, black men being shot. I cried that night. I said, this is someone's mother, yes. someone's mm-hmm. grandmother. Right. Is she going to live? It's too much. Yes. And you close the door yes. while someone kicked her. It's just awful. No, and well, and that, that's what I think too. When it's like you see these things, it's like you're saying, Eileen, that it hasn't directly happened to your mom. But like when I see these things, I see your mom. I see my friends' exactly. Asian parents, yes. you know, because it is like it might not directly be, but it could have been yes. her. But, it's like these things are insane. But that's because you have empathy, right? So right. to me, it's like looking, watching that thing in New York, it killed me. It killed me mm-hmm. that they didn't do anything. It killed me. And because I know I'm the person. That does always stand up for someone, you know, no, right. I, I don't care who you are. If you are being yep. attacked or anything, I am that person who says, don't speak to that person that way on a bus. I'll be like, don't do that. You know, cause, and I feel like number one, that's what we need to do. We need to stand yes. up for each other. Even if it's not your so-called people, you have right. to, you have to care about one another um, and have yep. that empathy. And also like it starts with ourselves to be brave enough to stand up for everyone and to understand like we're all connected. We are all humans. Right. Yes, absolutely. And don't wait until yeah. it comes into your own backyard. And that's what people do. Yes. Oh, so sad for them. Not that's my right. problem. Yeah. Not my neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, I wish them well. It's like, no, yes. this is an issue. We are killing off so many people and harming people. And you turn the other cheek. It's not going to sit well and be well for this country. Absolutely. Because guess what? What do we say? Silence is compliance. Yes. If you're sitting there and you are watching something or you are, it's in your, like, you can hear it. And like you say you don't say anything you are a part of the problem right you know and, and the other thing is you don't want to take it on yourself but call someone to get help don't just take it on yourself because these are crazy times now right you can't even like stand up and ask like one day I was on the train and I asked some kids if they could turn their music down do you know they started calling me derogatory names they said they were going to beat me up I literally was like in tears I said to my husband I probably shouldn't have said anything and if I could do it over again, I would have just sat there or more than that, I should have got up and just moved. I eventually did that. But I was like, how did it come to, I just said, would you mind turning your music right. down to like, now I'm going to get beat up. Yeah. Right. No. It's, you know, so it's like, you have to be careful. You have to be careful. And I feel like you got to pick and choose. But if you're seeing someone being attacked, then like, 
you know, because there are ways to do it. You know, I was reading on a different way because I get very aggressive where I'm like, back off or, you know, I, I yeah. get very like, like, yeah, me and you would yeah, be a hot mess together. Exactly. You better shut it down, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and then I'll pull the person away. And but there are other yes. ways like I was reading about you know, how you can move next to the person and then divert their attention, the victim, and just say, hey, and, and start talking about a topic. So something that kind Ooh. of just moves you, moves that person, the victim, into a safer zone with you. Ooh, that's good. So, yeah. so there's yeah. something that's out there. I was reading, there's a whole bunch of list of things to do, but something like Tips. that. So people should know that. Like, that's yeah. interesting what you said. Yes. Like how to like, so you're not, you know, diffuse a situation. That's right. Diffusing it, but also offering some protection with the yeah. victim mm-hmm. and then yeah. not making eye contact with the attacker and then, you know, the abuser and just sort of like, you know, just use those kind of tactics that doesn't add fuel to the fire. Cause I think I yeah. would be that person like, and I think, listen, there's some situations I think you do have to say, stop, you know? Right. And there's right. some yes. situations where you're like, okay, let me deescalate this. If I can safely sit next to the victim and then say, Hey, why don't you join me here? Or good to see you and make up some fake conversation. Yeah. Right. I yeah, love that. Yeah. Cause you know, helpful. I'm with you. I spend a lot of time and Carrie knows I go, up and down. It's not good. So I started meditating yes. and counting to 10 because I'm so emotional about what's going yes. on in this country that I'm like you, I'm like, I want to say, if I see something, I'm saying something, I don't mm-hmm. care on a job, on a bus, on a train. But I also realize that I might, you know, have a heart attack one yes. day. It's not healthy. So I need to breathe. Yes. I need to count to 10. And I just say, okay, you know what, what am I doing to help make this country better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know I'm sad. I know I'm hurt, but if I scream at the other person on Facebook, how am I better? Yes. Right. If I throw a punch because someone's throwing a punch, how am I better? So it's not easy, but I, it's a work in progress. Yes. Let me say this, like going back to what you were saying, like you can't be compliant. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and to me, it's like, you know, there's some Asians that I know that are like, well, that's not my business. You know, this whole time with yep. Black, Black Lives Matter, or, you know, it's like, well, you know, that's their business or whatever. And I'm like, no, it's everyone's business. You know, mm-hmm. and yep. and then now that this has happened, I'm like, booyah, I told you. Right. It's right. everyone's right. business. Right. We are the target group du jour. Right. If there's mm-hmm. anger, there's people are gonna find an othering, right? Like some sort of yep. like take down some group, like like anti Semitics, you know, and all that, you know. So yep. it's like we're just we're just the target du jour. So get that mm. through your head, you know. So yep. there that's why we have to help each other. Because when, yeah. when the Atlanta shootings happened, the first thing that came to my mind wasn't like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's just happening to Asians. It was, oh, my gosh, this was like the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting. This was yes. like, this is exactly, you know, like Alabama, yes, Georgia, every, yes, Charleston, yes. everywhere. Yeah. And it's too much. It, Connecticut. Exactly. And that's because it hurts. If it hurts one person, it hurts me. You know, any group right. that's targeted yep. and they're just good people, it hurts me. And that's what I think we all need to cultivate that to yeah. say that's that is my problem. Yeah. Um, which is uh, yeah. Hard. And can I ask you about and this is like a little bit different, but just being Asian in Hollywood. Have you felt like whether it's this year or just in the last few years that things have gotten better and that you don't find you're going out for as many stereotypically Asian roles or like, can you just talk about that a little bit? Like what you've seen um, happen or not happen? Well, I think for me, I'm lucky in a sense of um, I'm in the position where I can say no to roles. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I don't play certain stereotypical roles. So I'll play yeah. roles with accents. I don't have a problem with that because right. I grew up in Singapore. I, you know, there's there's stories to be told if you mm-hmm. want to stay true yeah. to characters. Um, yeah. But I do look at the characters very carefully and see if this is a like a three dimensional character instead of mm-hmm. just a you know character who works in a restaurant or whatever, you know? Right. Um, And I would say the casting directors I've gone in for are extremely sensitive to that. And they'll ask me about my opinion about a role and about, you know, whether I think they should do it with an accent or not with an Mm -hmm. accent. So, I mean, I've been kind of, I've been lucky that way. Um, But I do hope and wish that people would just give opportunities like 
the friend or whatever and not care what color the friend is. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, right. Which you've been, I, I, which I, you've yeah. been, you have been cast as the friend that's not necessarily the Asian friend or whatever. It's just like, right. Like you have been lucky that you've been able to do maybe one or two roles, but okay. commercially, <laughs> but I would say, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. But commercially, but, I would say, uh, uh, I don't experience any of that commercially. It's free for all, which I love. They are yeah. very open to what I, I can offer. Um, yeah. and they don't really, to me, I'm not, I'm not a stereotype of any kind um, right. on commercial. But I like that. And I like that they're asking you, right? Because it sounds like we are getting yes. a little better. And we want to do better because like our, we've talked about this. I want to see in Hollywood more diverse women, uh, women being directors, women being producers, you know, Asian, black, Hispanic, everything. Like we are so talented. And like we just spoke to Dr. Gardier on the other episode. And he said, you know, just having all white. Guess what, folks? It's boring. Yeah. Right. It right. Is. It's right. like, so let's get into yeah. it. We make up the world, all of us, and it's just nice to see. And I want to watch something where someone looks like me. Yeah, right. I want to know if there's a director who looks like me that made it, that's being yes. nominated yes. You know, for something. It's just, it's exciting and it's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. And I love too that you probably say that, like you say, there are roles I'm not going to take. That's letting them also know that, you know, you've yeah, got to Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to do that. Yeah. No, get somebody else to do that. But I was going to say too, to change Hollywood, you need executives too. Mm-hmm. You really yep. need diverse executives because and they, because you know, look, I'm not going to say you guys don't understand. Blah, blah. I mean, the truth of the matter is, the a, a, a person who's been born and raised in a certain town that's not has does not have who doesn't have like diverse friends might read a script about an Asian family and be like, I don't relate. You know what I mean? Totally. Versus yeah. a person of color reading the script goes, Oh my god, I can totally relate. So <laughs> yeah. we need those decision yeah. makers to be diverse yeah. too. But what do you think, like? this stop Asian hate movement, like what do you hope that's going to come? What's going to be the result? What's going to happen at the end of this? If there's an end to it, you know, but just sort of like, I mean, I feel like it is bringing so many things into people's consciousness that hopefully it's really going to make a change, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like it's already making a change because people are having discussions, especially in the Asian community. Like a lot of my friends, you know, we keep our heads down. That's the way we've been doing stuff is like we keep our heads down, especially my generation. So when you have the younger generation, like um, Amanda Yuan, who's an amazing activist, um, when you have her saying, you guys, we need mainstream media to to report on this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even think about it. And I, you know, follow her lead. And it's wonderful to have these confident younger generations to. Oh to, yeah. It's happening with everybody. I love, I love it. it. I love yeah. it because yeah. the way we were is just like, put your head down, work hard and fix things from the inside out, you know, show mm-hmm. them and you know, that kind of thing. And so my friends of my generation are really asking themselves like, do I have empathetic, empathetic partners? Do I have people around me who really understand what I'm going through? Or they just yeah. go like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's happening to other Asians, but not you. So people right. are really mm-hmm. questioning their relationships. I'm questioning yes. some of my relationships mm-hmm. and saying, yeah. you know, are you dismissing what I'm going through? Or, you know, it's like, this is important to me and I need you to, to also f- feel it's important to you as a yeah. very good friend of mine that you know, you, you be awake and really learn about this. And you know what it comes down to? Also, it comes down to allies. Where do you stand in this fight? We're all going through something. Mm -hmm. And that's what I learned over the past year with Carrie. Like I've known her for so many years, but we challenge our friendship and say, listen, what are we doing here? Like I'm sitting here in this brave space. What are we doing? We agreed that we wanted to pay it forward. We wanted to give scholarships and we're going to start with kids from the inner city. And that meant everything to me. You know, some people are like, girl, don't do it. This ain't going to go nowhere. Like, what are you talking to her? She doesn't care about you. And I said, you know what? Let me see. Let's keep going. I'm like, she's still here. I tried to break up with her like <laughs> 10 times and we fight often. She's still here. But she ain't going but nowhere. I say, you know what? She ain't going nowhere. I got to accept it. My husband's like, I thought we were in a relationship. I, 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 I got some side things going on. I got, and then we talk about you and your husband. We're like, we need another therapy session. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we appreciate you. But seriously, in all sincerity, it comes down to allies. It comes 
comes down to empathy. It's like, are you standing with me? Do you understand what I'm going through? And we talked to somebody earlier, one of my friends and said, you know what? I want to make sure you deserve to be in my circle. Mm. I want to make sure that you're not for period, period, mic drop, boom. Stop Asian hate. Two weekends ago, after my son's football game, I drove him to the shopping center and I happened to run into a friend who I had not seen in months. And then mid-sentence, she asked me, she said, oh, you know, do you know those people? And I turn around and there was a car that was slowing down and, you know, there was a woman had a friendly face. She was about my age. Um, She had her elderly mom in the passenger seat. I thought she was lost. And, you know, immediately I just said, oh, you know, can I help you? Um, you know, are you are you looking for something? Are you lost? And her question was, you know, is the nail salon open? And all of this happened so quickly that, you know, I had no idea what she was talking about. But I, I did have a physical reaction inside because, you know, the murders of the of the people in those, you know, massage parlors and nail salons had just happened. And... You know, I I just looked at her and I said, I I don't know. I'm not sure what you're talking about. I looked at my friend. I said, what does she mean? And my friend who is Filipino American, she looked at me and she pointed behind her shoulder. and She said, nail salon, Kaori. There's a nail salon behind us and we're Asian women. So of course we work at a nail salon. Well, now I, I, I know there's a chance that, you know, things could end really badly if, you know, if I run into the wrong person who's just having a bad day and hates Asian people. But, you know, this is a daily thing that, you know, my black friends deal with. And it's it's just upsetting all around. Stop Asian hate. Work that needs to be done. It, it, it parallels the work that needs to be done with all sorts of other solidarity movements. It's It goes deeper than just saying the right things and sharing the right posts. It's, uh, it is, it is work on an education level. Uh, it's work on a uh, economic level. It is work, uh, on, on actually getting involved in grassroots movements and not just sharing the infographic of the, of the day. I've been a victim of Asian hate. I struggled when I was young. I was made fun of, bullied, was called names like Chink, Nihao, Gook, and looked down on because of my slanted eyes and skin color. It was assumed that I was smart in math or I had perfect penmanship. Often, people asked if I spoke English. Seeing this as happening again, history repeating isn't okay. But reality is, I've lived with it for years. These increasing acts of hatred, ignorance, and crimes against Asian Americans haven't been discussed or covered by the media. It's been completely invisible, and it sends a message that we don't matter until we get to this point. You've been listening to Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks with my mom, Gloria. And my mom, Carrie. This episode was produced by Carrie Clifford, Gloria Harrison, Katie Levine, and an ACL joint production. Tune in next time to hear more from our moms. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.